Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's just jump into the word today. This is uh, usually the month of January <clears throat> is the time that we use to prepare for Africa Rise and, uh, uh, and uh, to kind of rehash once again the vision of our church and the vision that we believe that, that God has given us. And uh, I'd just like to start with a scripture before we go anywhere. <clears throat> and it says in, in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse, uh, verse number 18, just the first part. Um, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off restraint or perish. One translation says where the people, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or the other translation, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And uh, I thought those two different translations, they seem different, but it's kind of uh, a little bit similar. They're a little bit tied together. Um, restraint means that you live your life with borders, with structures, um, with principles. Uh, and uh, that's what it means to live with restraint. On the other hand, it says where there is no vision, the people perish. So... I think the two are kind of tied together because where there is no uh, standard or structure in our lives, there is also perishing. It is the standards that we have that determine, um, determine our life. Uh, it's actually a matter of life and death. Vision is a matter of life and death. Amen? It's funny, you know, this, this season in our church, there has been a lot of funerals. In these last two weeks, I've been to more funerals than I have been. So many people going home. And every, just one funeral is enough, but repeated funerals, it all, funerals generally always make me think of or remind me once again of vision. I know it sounds funny, but, you know, these people were here yesterday. They're no longer here. All right? I'm next in line. All right. So this little window that, that, that I have, all right, instead of just sucking air to live another day, you know, live for something that God has given you. Exchange your days for something that God has deposited in your heart. Don't just like when, when I when it's time for me to go, if it's time for me, I'm believing that I'm going to see him come instead of go myself. Okay, that's just me. You know, I, I'd like to kind of see the sky ripped open. Come on, somebody. Take my little, you know, the Bible says to be, uh, uh, you know, he's going to catch us up with him in the clouds. Come on. I think that would be kind of cool. Instead of going down, to, that's my choice. But either way, whether I go down or up, all right, I'm going to go out having done something of value, of significance, exchanging my life for something that God has assigned and Prepackaged for me. Can I get an amen or something? Amen. Not just to fulfill another day, but to fill an assignment of God. Vision. Vision. And, and so what I wanted to do is I wanted today, especially for all, all of us, you, normally we have vision impartation program uh, uh, where we share with people the vision of the church. But today, or this month more or less, this will be vision impartation month where we will once again Remind ourselves of the reason and the vision for why we are here and what we do, what we do. Amen? Um, so let me just kind of repeat for those of you who maybe have not heard this or are new or something, or even the first-time visitors, it's good for you to know this. Uh, Abba, for a long time, had been preaching this word. He had, like God deposited this in his, in his heart. Re the nations shall be redeemed in righteousness. Like this is always something, whatever, whatever. And I, and I knew this word and I appreciated this word. You know? But I appreciated it from afar. You know, like that was Abba's vision. It isn't on my vision. Praise the Lord. And you know, you support Abba. Because God had put something in his heart from his experience in the country and in traveling across Africa. You know, he sees the broken place. He just had a big... And I said, Amen. Go for it, Abba. But I'm not coming. I was in America where they have McDonald's. Come on, somebody. <laughs> then Abba is preaching this vision, redeeming nations in righteousness. And then one, one time, I was a youth pastor in the U.S. And uh, within the space of two weeks, I began to hear a lot of prophetic words from different people about the nation of Ethiopia. It was no, no more than two weeks, and I heard, at, and not planned, randomly, you know, like Pastor Cho from Korea speaking about the glory of God coming to Ethiopia. And I said, you're in Korea. 
prophesy for Korea. What brings you all the way here? You know, unless the Spirit of God. And then I heard Teresa Wairimu from Kenya prophesying about Ethiopia from Kenya. You, you understand? And then, you know, uh, even Chuck Pierce, I heard his story for the first time at that time, how God had called him to Ethiopia when he was called into ministry 47 years ago, and he never came until this last year for the first time. All of these things, and, and I remember even there was one lady, I forget her, I think Cindy Jacobs, I think her name. Uh, I remember she even was so strong in her prophecy that she says, if you are Ethiopian, go buy land quickly because there's a glory coming. I said, Jesus you know, this is like too much. It's too much. Because see, what they're prophesying about Ethiopia is up here. And like, I don't know if they've been to Ethiopia. But I've been to Ethiopia. It's not up here. Okay? Especially at that time, it was about down here. <laughs> you know? And, and so it became a question for me. Now, growing up in Ethiopian church... You know, there's normally prophecies about Ethiopia, almost every service, all around the world. They don't do it so much here. Outside, you know, Abisha churches outside of Ethiopia, I mean, the church service is not complete until somebody gets up and says, Ethiopia, you know, they, they say, lift their hands to the Lord and, and everybody claps. Then services, we've had a good service. <laughs> so I've heard this for a long time, but from non-Ethiopians, you know, and, and from Kenyans in particular, that's a big deal because, you know, we have some competition in the long distance running. <laughs> so I began to ask, you know, the Lord, what's going on here? I remember one night I could take you to the very spot. I was late in my office in my, in, and everyone had gone and I was praying. And I was saying, what's going on here? You know, this is too much coincidence. And the Lord led me to Amos chapter 8 and verse 8. And in Amos... Chapter 8 and verse 8, it talks about, uh, it's talking about the wrath of the Lord and how God will stir up His wrath, but His wrath will be churned up and it will rise and fall like the Nile River in Egypt. I said, the Nile River in Egypt? God's wrath in the Nile River. And I had a study Bible at that time and it had study notes. And in the study notes, it was interesting. I, I never saw this before. I never knew this before. I had to see the. But it says, because of the heavy seasonal rains in Ethiopia... The Nile River in Egypt rises and falls accordingly. And then I just got a revelation. I said, man, rain in Ethiopia means water in... Come on, somebody. Rain in Ethiopia. And you know, rain is always symbolic of blessing. Rain, God does not give blessing. He pours blessing. He will throw open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. Blessing is almost liquid. And, and we know from Scripture that Egypt is, not just, is representative of the world. And I said, Lord Jesus, because of the blessing of Ethiopia that comes on Ethiopia, the world will be blessed. You know? And I was in that office and it just hit me. Boom. And I called Abba. I said, Abba, I think I have something. I think, I think, I think maybe I might be coming to Ethiopia. And Abba said, no, now is not the time. Stay right there. So I said, okay. But I still, I know I saw something. You know, when God speaks to you, He never speaks, gives you the full picture. But He gives you just enough that you can't be patient. It, it bothers you. And, it, and then about two, no, maximum three months later, I had a dream. And in my dream, uh, I knew it was from the Lord because I was preaching in Amarinya. And if you know me and you know my story. And I was preaching in Amarinya, and I remember I was in a big congregation in Ethiopia. And I was telling everybody, now turn and stretch your hands across, lift to the whole nation, and, and begin to prophesy. And I spoke in Amarinya language. That's how I know it was the Lord. I, I, I said, Timbi tenageru, yemit menyutin saihon, yemihonon, tenageru. You see? I know it's simple now, but back then I didn't know that kind of Amarinya. That's the Holy Ghost Amarinya. Like that's some deep, heavy Amarinya. <laughs> that's like rhyming, you know, Gitam Amarinya. We don't do that with McDonald's. And now, <clears throat> I, I, basically what it means is don't prophesy what you hope. Prophesy what will actually happen. And when I was preaching, this is my dream now. Everyone stretched their hands and they start prophesying, stretching their hands across the land, prophesying. And then I began to fly. 
And I broke through the roof. Thank God for dreams. And I flew and I was flying across the, the, the nation. Okay. I'm like a plane looking from top down. And I saw from up there the rivers of Ethiopia. You see? And I saw... Uh, the old women, you know, with the Gabi and Natella going to the, water, to the river to get water. And they were blessing the water like that. Come on. See? And I saw that, you know, and I, I woke up. And, and then uh, I, I just knew. You know, your spirit knows. I called Abba again. I said, excuse me. Abba, I think this thing is serious. And then Abba said, okay, come. And we decided, Becca, that God had something for us. And I want to just, in case you think I'm crazy, I am in good company. Acts chapter 16, the Bible says that Paul, <clears throat> Paul was trying to go to different places. Um, yeah, Paul was trying to go uh, to Asia. Acts chapter 16, verse 6, he's trying to go to Asia. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit would not allow him to go into Asia. And then it says, when they came, verse 7, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. And then it says, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia to help us. Hmm. During the night he had a vision. Hmm. Then verse 10 says, After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to, to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Hallelujah. See, Paul had a vision of the night. After he had the vision, he woke up and he concluded that God had called them to go to Macedonia. So I'm in good company. See, in the same way I had a vision in the night, I had multiple weird experiences and visions, and at the end of that, I concluded. We concluded. We believe that we have a word from the Lord for this land. We believe that the curse will be broken and that the blessing will be released in this land. We believe that the rivers of God, the blessing of God will be released in this land and through this land. Amen? Amen? Amen. We believe that the, the, we always say this, that the hands of begging turn into hands of blessing. Amen? Amen. This, is what, this, is what we, this is why we're here. We're not here because we love the country so much, even though we're Ethiopians and we do have some history. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah. Even though we have a Nobel Peace Prize, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Somebody else missed out on their Nobel Peace Prize and was a little bit jealous from what I understand. But hallelujah, I have to, I have to say something. <clears throat> hallelujah. But, but, but it's not, I mean, we love our country, we love our people, we love our continent. But that's not why we're here. The only reason we are here is because we believe God has spoken something to us about this place. We have no business being here other than that. Saleh has no business being here other than that. I mean, Saleh. Hmm? Uh, it's just because we believe God has spoken something. And we're not even here to do something great. Because if God has spoken, we believe that he's going to do what he says. We're actually here to see something great. To see something that God said would happen. To see something that the world would look at and say, this is Jesus. This is God. And you know, it's funny, like I even got some revelation. You know, I saw an old woman blessing the, the, the river. Remember in my dream? And you know, a woman, woman is always the, the, the bride, the church. And, and the bridegroom is, is Jesus, right? The church is the bride, and Jesus is the bridegroom. But an old woman, that would mean it's an old church. Come on, somebody. And, and my eyes began to be open to the blessing of the ancient church in this country. And how the testimony of Jesus has been preserved for a long time. And that if Jesus has been proclaimed, that Jesus is an incorruptible seed. You know, we didn't get saved yesterday. We got saved in about the book of Acts chapter 8. Come on, somebody. Amen. By the way, that's, that's, that's before Apostle Paul who got converted in Acts chapter 9. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
But, but you know, the seed is an incorruptible seed, and it works. And there's something here, and we, we don't even have the full picture, but we know enough to say that this is the Spirit of God. Like, like, like you know, it's hard to say the Spirit of Jesus would not allow us here, but the Spirit of Jesus would allow us here. It's hard to describe or explain the unction and the moves of the Spirit of God in us. The Spirit of God always knows something that your mind does not know yet. You see, so it's even hard sometimes to explain, but we know enough to say this something is coming, something of a blessing is coming, something of a glory is coming. We have seen enough to know, hallelujah. This is why we're here. So it's important that we say this because we have to know the vision. If you don't know the vision, you'll be we could cause problems. Vision divides. Vision divides because people many times that when we have conflict with people, we realize that it's because our vision and their vision is not the same. That it's not the, the issue. The issue is that they're seeing completely different things. But at the same time, vision also unites. Because if you've seen the same thing, then you know that's why you're here as well. It will change how you interact with your church. It will change how you go into the world. Amen. Because you have a conviction. Hallelujah. So, so... It's hard to explain, but if in your spirit you feel something, then you know. All right? We're not saying we're better than other people. We're not saying we're smarter than other people. We're just saying that we saw something, and we're driven by what we saw, period. Amen? But it's funny that if you have something of a similar sense in your spirit, I don't need to spend a lot of time explaining to you what the vision is. You know, when Mary and Elizabeth saw each other, Mary didn't come and say, Elizabeth, I have a vision and a visitation from the Lord. On this and this day, the angel came to me. After that, he said, I'm going to be pregnant without a man. He didn't say anything. It's even hard to explain even if you wanted to. She just said, hello. Boom. And she said, hallelujah. How can you say, of a hello? It's because my spirit bears, bears witness that deep calls to deep, that we don't understand, but we know enough to know that my spirit is jumping at the sound of your voice. Hallelujah. It's not what you're saying, it's what you have believed that is also similar to what I have believed, and it's causing my baby to jump. She said, blessed is she who has believed what the Lord had told her would be accomplished. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, this is what we're we're kind of leaning in. This is the vision. And this is what we're preparing for in this month. Amen. I wanted to tell you, uh, share with you something because I think this goes right along with our conviction. Um, go with me please to Galatians chapter 3. And verse number... Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13. 13 and 14. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Now jump to verse number 20, 20, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Praise the Lord. It says that cursed is everyone. It's written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. All right? And then it says, when Jesus died or hung on the tree, he redeemed us. And... Uh, uh, he, he, by bearing the curse, he caused the blessing of Abraham to come upon the Gentiles. And it says the blessing of Abraham. And I thought it was interesting that our New Testament experience, verse 29 says the same thing. Our New Testament experience is pegged to Abraham. It would seem to me better, I was actually talking to the Lord about this. It seemed to me that it would be better to peg our experience to Adam. Because Adam was the first that was created, and he was blessed by God. All right? And the Bible says when he sinned, he was kicked out of the garden. But Romans chapter 5, 10, 5 or 10, one of the two, it's in there, trust me. It says that Jesus has become for us the second Adam. 
And I like that. It fits nicely in my little box. That if Jesus came to replace Adam, then the blessing that we are pegged to is the blessing of Adam, not the blessing of Abraham. And I was asking the Lord, it would have, would have been so smooth if we just said the blessing of Adam. Because that, you know, we're going back to the, the you know, Jesus always went, came to take us back to Adam. So we are, our New Testament faith is connected to Abraham and not Adam. And the Lord showed me something kind of blessed me. The thing with Adam is that with Adam, God took Adam and placed him in a garden. But with Abraham, God took a garden and placed it in Abraham. So the difference between Adam and Abraham, he says, is that Abraham was uh, Adam had a, was in a garden, but with Abraham, a garden was in him. Yeah. And see, Adam was in a beautiful garden, but because the garden was not in him, he lost the garden. Abraham had no garden, but because he had a garden within him, he became not only a garden, he became a nation, a huge nation. In fact, all nations of the earth were blessed because of the garden that he had in him. And I said, look at that. And when you look at the story of Abraham, Genesis 15, the Bible says that God came to him and says, don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your very great reward. And Abraham said, he should have said amen, but he says, how can I have a son since I am not going to have a son? Eliezer, the, the servant that serves me of Damascus, he's going to be my heir. And I'm going to help you fulfill your word to me with the help of Eliezer. And his line will be blessed because obviously you have abandoned your servant. You said you would be a shield for me, but there's no child around here. I'm an old man. So let's do this with the plan B. Eliezer. And God said to him, Abraham, he took him outside. And he says, count the stars if you can count. Count the sand if you can count. So shall your offspring be. Because this man, Eliezer, will not be your heir. But a seed coming from your own body, that shall be your heir. And the Bible says, and Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So what I see with Abraham is that Abraham had on this side a promise from God. And on this side, he had a situation that 100% contradicted everything that God said. God said a son and a nation. No, God said a nation and the situation was not even a son. And so Abraham had to choose between the two. If you can think, you know, those, those scales, justice scales, come on somebody. Like, so Abraham was in between promise and condition. And because promise was not working, he went to condition and created a plan B in the condition with a man called Eliezer. And God said to him, no, don't go to Eliezer. Out of your own body shall come a son. You see, the power to fulfill what God said is contained in the fact that God said it, period. He doesn't need a plan B. He doesn't need Eliezer. He doesn't need the, the help of, of your wisdom, your ingenuity. When, in fact, when Abraham tried to help, he produced an Ishmael. If you remember that, he made a mess. No, the thing is that if God said it, put all your weight on what God said. Because God's word is fulfilled in the fact that he said it, period. Mary said, how can this be? I don't even know a man. No, you don't have a man, but you have a word. That means you have more than enough to fulfill what God said would happen. Are you following what I'm saying? The children of Israel, they were given a promised land, but God brought them into the wilderness. A land, the promised land had milk and honey. The wilderness has wilderness. And so they were caught in between because they were children and descendants of Abraham. So that means as children and descendants of Abraham, they were caught in the midst of a word and a promise that contradicted everything that God had said. And the Bible says they complained about no, no water. They complained about no meat. They complained against Moses. They complained against God. They complained even when they had food, they complained against the food. And the Bible says in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. They, were, they, they, they failed to plant a garden in themselves. God was expecting for them to, in their hearts, push forward into what God had promised, but instead they turned back to Egypt. Now I'm saying all that to say this. We are the children of Adam. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, somebody's paying attention. The rest of you failed the class today. Yeah? Our New Testament blessing is pegged to Abraham. Which means that just like Abraham, sometimes we might find ourselves in a place of a promise. And a completely contradictory situation. That completely contradicts everything that God said. And even our vision. You know, when we came, we came so excited. Uh, in fact, there is video. We need to find that video. Saleh was, the plane was landing. You know, Saleh, in case you didn't know, so the first time we came today, we have a, another, an, another troublemaker here called Saleh. He preaches. So Saleh, well, is he's Ethiopian. People ask, is he Ethiopian? He is Ethiopian. Both mother and father. But he was born in Oklahoma. That's the problem. <laughs> hmm? And so me, me and Saleh, we started ministering together some 25 years ago. We've been ministering together for a long time. And, and, and when we said, decided to come to Ethiopia, I, I shared with him and he says, okay, when do we go? And we went and there's a video footage uh, of when Saleh, the plane was landing. Uh, uh, and, and, and I think Fitzum pulled, pulled the, the camera and was shooting Saleh looking out the window at Ethiopia for the first time. And you know what he was saying? He was saying, shakarabasa. Hallelujah. You don't know what you have in store for you. You know how, you know how he is. And I said, Lord, now mind you, when we came, we did, we did all of our homework. Ethiopia was ranked at that time the fourth poorest nation in the world. Number four. Number what? So we have what we call a very contradictory condition compared to what God has said. But we are children not of Adam. We are children of Abraham. We may not be planted in a garden, but a garden is planted in us. And if a garden is planted in us, because we are the children of Abraham, the garden that's in us will become the garden that is around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so we, we don't need to worry about what's going on around us. It's always been going on around us. What we need to be convinced of and sold on is that God has a word for this land. God has a word for this continent. That in this last day, that the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among all the mountains. And all nations will stream to it. Hallelujah. That's my favorite end time prophecy. So, so listen to the news but listen to the news with the filter of what God said. Amen. 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 Watch your social media, but watch your social media with the filter of what God says. Because the children of Israel, their problem was they failed to use their filter and they took the, 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 the wilderness at face value. And each one of them perished in the wilderness. But we are, in fact, Hebrews, the end of Hebrews chapter 3 and into chapter 4, the Bible talks about how they messed up, the children of Israel. And then it says, this was written for our benefit. So that we would learn from their shortcomings. So that where they went wrong, we would not go wrong. Because our blessing is pegged to Abraham. In Christ Jesus, we are heirs and seed of Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And we believe God too. Amen. There is enough power in what God says to fulfill everything that he said. If he said it, that's enough. I just want to encourage you today. If he said it, that's enough. You don't need to make a lot of noise, make a lot of drama. Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. The Africa Arise Conference, all it is is just, it's giving voice to the garden that's inside of us. It's giving voice to what we have a conviction of. And it's giving voice to what we believe God is going to do. Go with me please to Acts uh, to, to <clears throat> Luke chapter 19. Um, when, when we believe something, uh, it, it, the Bible says faith without works is dead and works without faith is also dead. What we believe 
and this is something we need to grow up in in Africa, what we believe in our hearts needs to find expression in our hands. Amen? The two cannot be separated one from another. And we have this story about Zacchaeus in Acts chapter 19. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And uh, he, you know the story. Zacchaeus went up on the tree to see Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to come to your house. He went into his house. Let's pick up in verse number 7. Verse number 7 says, All the people saw this and began to mutter. He, speaking of Jesus, has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now. I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of? Is a son of? Not a son of Adam, but a son of? You know what this tells me? That if we are descendants of Abraham by faith, that means we believe God against the circumstances but also because of what we believe it changes how we uh, how we behave it changes our character so so what we see is that because Zacchaeus accepted Jesus he also allowed righteousness and justice to be found in his in his hands before he was a cheater tax collectors in those days were cheaters Everybody knew they were cheaters, and they cheated illegally. Uh, they cheated legally, which made it very, very complicated. It's a long study, tax collectors in the time of Roman occupation. But Zacchaeus, when he accepted Jesus into his house, he says, what I have in my heart and what I have in my hand is not matching up. So he said, look, Lord, today I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus says, this is a child of Abraham. This is what the children of Abraham do. Their heart and their hand is not separate from one another. And see, in our country and in the nation, in the continent of Africa, we don't have a problem with the Jesus part. But we have a problem with the justice part. And see, blessing does not come through shouting Jesus is Lord. Blessing comes through justice and righteousness. In fact, the foundation of God's throne is justice and righteousness. Not Jesus is Lord. In fact, we say Jesus is Lord because Jesus is a just, God is just and righteous. Jesus' crucifixion was a sign of how far God goes to keep his word. Amen? Amen? Amen, amen? Amen. So, so that means if we are descendants of Abraham, and if we have a promise, that means our actions... Okay, let, let me show you something. Our blessing is tied not to our shout, church. Only DDA's shout is blessed. But it's not tied to our shout. It's tied to... Proverbs chapter 13. In verse number 23, it says, A poor man's field may produce abundant food, but injustice sweeps it away. A poor man's field may produce abundant food, but injustice sweeps it away. That means the poor man is poor not because of his big field. A poor man is poor because of injustice. When our Prime Minister went to Oslo, Norway, to receive the Nobel Peace Prize, come on, somebody. Hmm? He came, yeah, we can clap. Go ahead, clap. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) But when he came back, he made a speech, and it was very interesting what he said. He said... I was amazed when I went to Norway because it was so cold. And these people live under snow, real snow, for six months of the year. In Ethiopia, we don't have a thing called snow. We don't know what snow is. Praise be to the Lord forever and ever. (laughs) We have minimum two, sometimes three harvests a year. No snow, only five, five million people or so in Norway. 
eh? a, 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 a snow and five million in people, no snow and 100 million people in Ethiopia. And he said, it was embarrassing for me after such an amazing program. I had to go to the Norwegian government and ask for su support when the field is over here. You see, the Bible says a poor man's field will produce a lot, but injustice sweeps it away. So it's not about the size of our field. It's about the size of our justice. Okay? Norway, Norway has no field, but they have justice. So the little field they have is able to give support to the country that has a lot of field, but no justice. So what we need in this nation is a resurrection and a revival of justice. Amen? Because if injustice sweeps away the produce of the field, that means justice, not a business proposal, not the greatest idea, not Jack Ma coming to Ethiopia, thank God for that by the way, but it's justice being swept back will also bring the blessing back and will cause the fields to produce here in-house for us so that we can end up being a blessing to others. I want everybody to say three times justice as loud as you can. Justice! 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 Amen. Amen. Let the devil hear. Let's pick a fight with a giant today. Yeah? Africa, let's pick a fight with a giant today. Praise the Lord. So, so this Africa Arise, the, the theme is, is, is Arise and Act. So we're going to do something... Uh, that, that, that been, we've been working on. This is, this is a form. First of all, let me start with this form. Uh, we used to uh, uh, really promote this in our business, business uh, gate uh, for, for a while. And then I started going to school and I dropped the business gate. And I, I've been, but I have some help now. We're back with a great passion and fire. This is our Africa Rise Beza ethical charter. Okay? Uh, the ethical charter, it's a, it's a guideline for people who are descendants of Abraham, but are also in business. Uh, that's what the Amarinya service saying. I was telling them, you know, justice is not a shouting matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. All right? So this ethical charter, it's a guideline for people who are descendants of Abraham who want to serve God in their business with righteousness. And I believe what we, so what we do, basically, it's, it's very simple. Justice is not complicated, it's a matter of the heart. So basically what we do is, we, it's a professional pledge uh, not to take or give bribes. That's what I thought, if nobody says amen. Uh, because we are children of Abraham and because we have that Zacchaeus spirit and because what we do in our, believe in our heart matches with what we have in our hands, we don't do bribes. Amen. amen. Uh, we offer fair price for products. We don't do this personal inflation game. Yeah, if it's uncomfortable, you're free to leave at any time. Um, we set a good example. We pay fair wages to our employees. All right? We give honest, fulfill with honesty all obligations to customers, suppliers, partners, and shareholders. Amen. Amen? Manage my organization and company finances with integrity and pay all taxes required by law. Amen. Yeah, feel free to leave at any time. If it's, if it's too much for you, all right? Honor God by carefully stewarding my resources and, and uh, bringing my tithe to the house of the Lord. Amen. Then what we do is we sign this for the glory of God. This is a, a revival of a different kind. A revival of a different kind, all right? No more our, our fields, the produce of our fields being swept away. No, no, no. We bring our produce back into the, into the storehouse so that God's kingdom can be blessed. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so we have this thing, and then what you do here is you sign your business, your name. You put all of the information here. What we're going to do for this Africa Rise, we're, we're scrambling to prepare uh, a business directory that people will take with them, that you put it right in there next to your Bible. All right? Your Bible is here, and your business directory is here. So that whenever you need a haircut, instead of going to the whoever... You first check and say, is there a good hairstylist eh, who operates with justice and righteousness because I too am a seed of Abraham? And then you will find that and then you will give them a call and make appointment, come on somebody. 
And then if you need a mechanic, a good mechanic, instead of going to so-and-so, eh, you first check to see if there's somebody who is a child of Abraham like you. Eh, who operates, so we'll keep the business in-house. We'll bless the house of God. You know, the Jews and the Muslims, they're so good at this. For us, we're actually contributing to their plan and neglecting our own brothers and sisters and the righteous position they have because we are the true seed of Abraham. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Very simply. So we'll just prepare this. By, by the time Africa Arise comes, everybody will receive their, their business directory. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And so the next time you need food, hair, cosmetics, lotion, avocado, come on somebody, mango, construction, delala, whatever service you are in. Yeah? We'll build the kingdom very, very, very simply. And then the idea is once we get this rotating, we want to spread this across the, the city for anybody who says, I'm also a child of Abraham. So that the, the, the pressure to be corrupt will be shifted now to be righteous. All right? So, so now I told you justice is not a clapping or shouting matter. If you're serious about this, if you're a professional or a business person in any field, yeah, uh, this is actually between you and God signing this. We're trusting you and God and we're trusting that if you're being funny with this, that God will snuff you out. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but, but it's just a small tool that I think can really get some traction. And then not only this, we want to spread this across the continent. What we're doing, we're in a unique opportunity here as a nation and as a continent. Um, we're having a special cocktail event on January 31st, which is a Friday evening, the Friday before Africa arrives. We're having a cocktail event at GetFam Hotel. Cocktail is, is going to be from like about 5.30 to 8 p.m., the happy hour time. Normally, people go to happy hour after work because they really don't want to go home and they just prefer to get some drinks in before they get home. We want to redeem happy hour and use it to promote kingdom righteousness and kingdom business. So what we're going to do at Get Fam Hotel uh, on the 31st is there's uh, two individuals. One of them is a member of our church, Ambassador Emmanuel Mwamba. Ambassador Mwamba is the uh, Zambian ambassador to Ethiopia. He also attends here. And what it is, is he wants to uh, promote trade between Zambia and Ethiopia. Now, some of you think, well, no, I'm just fine with Ethiopia all by myself. Leave me alone. No, no, no. The Bible says, enlarge the the stakes of your tent. Stretch them wide. Some of our problem is that we're too narrow. We're fighting with this opportunity when opportunity is lying over there. So I was talking with Ambassador one time, and he told me, you know, one of my jobs here, what I really want to do is promote trade between Ethiopia and Zambia. And I said, well, if you need that, you need some justice. Because trade is not the answer. Justice is the answer. In our church, our business people, they conduct their business with righteousness. So he put me on the board of the Ethiopia-Zambia trade Something, something. So now, so now I'm not just a pastor. Now I am a board member. <laughs> but what we're going to do is ambassador is going to come and he's going to talk about some of the opportunities that exist that maybe we're not aware of. Sometimes just a little bit of information can change everything. Yeah. Didn't know that your field is in Zambia. So stop crying over. Yeah. All right. And secondly, there's another very distinguished person whose name I can't say just yet. But he is going to teach us about the ACTFA, which will be uh, implemented in July 2020. ACTFA is the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, which now has been ratified and signed by every African country, which is something that we have been praying for for a long time. It's actually quite a miracle. All right. So this, this, uh, this agreement, what it is, is it's lowering, lowering tariffs on all African goods within Africa so that African countries can trade within each other all right, and keep Africa's wealth in Africa. Did you know that 80% of Africa's trade is done with foreign countries? We, and these deals, most of them benefit those countries more than they do us. Did you know that? With this trade, it is estimated that up to $3 trillion will be circulated and kept within Africa. So, so we have a, a somebody who I'll maybe tell you in, 
in the, the days to come, who's going to come and he's going to tell us and teach us about this uh, free Africa trade, which will take effect in, in, in July, so that by the time July comes, Beza business people will be ready. You know, sometimes just a little information is all you need to completely change everything. Amen? But you know, you also know that ACFA is not the solution for Africa. Because we can have a beautiful ACFA if there is no justice. Eh? ACFA's wealth and riches will be taken to Norway. <laughs> all right? Righteousness and justice. It's the missing piece, it's the missing piece in our kingdom uh, uh, engagements here in Africa. And I'm, I'm very excited for January 31st. And I want to encourage all of you to buy tickets. I've already told people if uh, the, the ticket price is 650 bur per person, and I know it might be a bit steep for somebody. All right, if it's too steep for me, I've already promised I'm going to sponsor two people. One of them is already taken. I'm going to borrow from my mother. Amen. So if there's one person, but it's only we only have space for 200. So it's first come, first serve, and we're going to have an amazing time. Then we're going to collect all of the addresses. Uh, Make the book and get it ready for Africa Arise so you can go global by this Africa Arise. It's time to arise and act. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. Policy does not exalt a nation. Praise the Lord. All right. I'm going to ask everybody to stand, please. We have fasting and prayer this week. <clears throat> We're going to begin Wednesday. And I just, I felt something in my spirit this week. And uh, I've asked him, uh, this will be the theme of our, uh, our uh, fasting and prayer time. The Bible says that Jesus had compassion on the crowds because they had been with him for three days and they hadn't eaten anything. So he asked them, what do you have? And they said, we only have five loaves and two fish. So he said, have the people sit down. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he gave thanks, broke it, and he gave it to everybody. Uh, many times when we come to fasting and prayer, we are fasting and praying because we have a need of 5,000. And we're asking God to fill the need of 5,000. I want this fasting and prayer to be not praying that God would meet 5,000, but thanking God for the five that we do have in our hands. Because what happened is, is he did the same thing with the 4,000 as well. He took the little that did not compare, but he made up the difference for what was lacking with thanksgiving. When what you have in your hand is not enough to meet the need, you make up the difference with thanksgiving with what you already have. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? So some of you, you have business and you need X amount. So instead of complaining about what you don't have, take the, what you do have. I have, maybe I need a million, all right, and I don't have a million, but I have three. When you start to thank God for the three, you put a supernatural release on the three. Some of you are in your work situation, and you need a breakthrough, but at least you have a job. Thank God for your job. Some of you are in a health crisis. All right, you have a need of a great miracle in your body, but you're able to stand and give praise to God. So thank God for what you do have right now. And watch God put his multiplication on that to spread it over. Some of you have issues, serious issues, but you are still here. Thank God that you're still here. Because when you thank God for the fact that you are still here, it puts a multiplication on. Are you following what I'm saying? We have a vision that is way bigger than us. But we have this. We have each other. We have something. Hallelujah. Praise the name. And we have a God who is with us. A God. In fact, the last, the last verse of the book of Psalms, it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In Amarinya, it says, The word for praise in Amarinya is thanksgiving. There is no separate word for praise and thanksgiving. It's all thanksgiving. So it says, let everything that has praise give thanksgiving. So it means that even if all I have left is, <gasps> instead of praying, my rent is, <laughs> instead of using that breath to complain about, I wish things were better. 
I wish the band would get it right sometimes. I wish, man. I wish. It says that everything that if you are down to your last breath, you still have something. If you, have, if you are down to your breath today, if you have five loaves and you're in need of 5,000, if you're in need of healing and all you have is a, let everything that, praise the Lord. This fasting and prayer is a prayer and a fast just for thanking God for what we already have. Thanking God that we are still here. Thanking God that we are alive. Thanking God that he has blessed us. Thanking God that we are made it this far. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This plan, it seems so foolish. I believe this plan has the power to take Africa. I know it looks crazy, but we take it to the Lord with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Let a righteous revival begin because we're thankful for the little aquam that we have where righteousness will be fashioned. Amen. Where corruption has ruled Africa for so long, righteousness will become normal. Amen. Justice will become normal. Amen. If you have, if some of you might be down to your last breath today, if that's you, I'm not going to pray for you today. I'm going to rejoice and thank God with you that at least you have a breath and let God's supernatural power be released on that thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to take 30 seconds and just thank God right now. Take 30 seconds if you have something to be thankful for today. Something to praise God for for today. Something that you say, I am I am still here. I am alive and well. No, no, that was a polite end of service praise. Praise God like you are really grateful. This breath is a gift. This day is a gift. This is the day that the Lord has made. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father God. I give you praise, Father God. I lift you up, Father God. You are worthy of the praise. You are worthy of the glory. Thank you, Father God. We are here today, Father God, not to complain like the children of Israel and turn back in our hearts. We are here today to take you at your word and push forward. I thank you, Africa shall be blessed, shall be redeemed. Father God, that your glory shall be revealed. This is truly the last days of the last days. Father God, but I believe that with all the gloom and doom and the different prophetic words one by one that are being fulfilled, before our very eyes. We also trust you that there is a glory that will be revealed, that the glory of the Lord, hallelujah, will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Father, do it for your glory. And I pray, Father God, that these children of Abraham, Father God, that our inheritance as the seed of Abraham, it will come into our hand, Father God that we won't miss this season. I pray, Father God, as we prepare for Africa Rise, that you would just, we, we still have a long way to go, but we thank you for where we're at right now. We thank you, Father God, for these five loaves in the midst of 5,000. And I pray, Father God, that this fasting season, you would, heaven would mark that there is a thankful people, people rejoicing with where we're at right now. We just trust you for the increase. Have a, a really, really blessed week in, in the Lord.